Everybody, welcome to MattNews.biz, the podcast where I share my thoughts, opinions, and beliefs that have been lovingly dubbed Matt News. This episode is brought to you unofficially by Restream. Restream is the best way to live stream to YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, and 30 plus streams streaming sites at once. Expand your audience with multi-streaming today at Restream.io. If you're watching online, it doesn't matter what platform you're viewing on, whether it be YouTube, Facebook, or even Twitch, you can type out a question in the comment section or in the chat, and my guests and I will see it and will reserve a time at the end of the episode to do a short Q&R, so please send in your questions. Before we get started in this podcast episode, I want to address that after recording the episode, I found that I was having some pretty significant audio issues with pitch shifting and audio renders, so I re-recorded my questions after the fact and added them into the interview. Of course, I also rephrased some of the questions to streamline them as well. You will probably hear some of the issues I was having while Sandy is talking and I am being very agreeable, but other than that, questions are recorded after the fact. I am going to release the original stream on YouTube so people can watch with the original audio, but I find that on an audio-only platform, I want to keep distractions down to a minimum. Now, without further ado, this is episode 27, another abortion talk. Today, I want to welcome the executive director of the Pregnancy Care Center in Plant City, Florida, Sandy Nelson. Sandy, welcome to mattnews.biz. Hello, thanks for having me. I wanted to have you on because my conversation last week I had uh, on two Christian women, one was pro-choice, the other pro-life, that a few things they agreed on. So I wanted to do a follow-up episode and bring someone on to talk about one of the pieces that they agreed upon, and that's education and support for women. Now, before we get into that, however, can you tell us a little bit about the Pregnancy Care Center in Plant City? Okay, so the Pregnancy Care Center of Plant City um, has been right in Plant City since 1992. Um, It was originally called Christian Care Ministries, and it was a um, ministry of the First Baptist Church of Plant City. Um, And so um, over the years, um, it became known as the Crisis Pregnancy Center, um, but then they changed the name um, to Pregnancy Care Center of Plant City. Mainly, they wanted to take the name Crisis out of it because a lot of women, even though it's an unplanned pregnancy, they don't consider themselves necessarily to be in a crisis situation. Um, so services to begin with were just to um, provide pregnancy tests, um, and just help with like diapers and things like that. But over the years, we've expanded our ministry, um, doing ultrasounds, um, STI, STD testing. Um, We do parenting education classes. And uh, last year we hired our first male staff member to um, work with the fathers because that's a very important part of this uh, decision, um, pregnancy decision, and a very important part of the family. And so we want to make sure we're, including him as well. How did you come to be at the Pregnancy Care Center? Yeah, so um, I was a stay-at-home mom, actually, for about 12 years. And um, as my kids were getting older, I found myself uh, with a lot of extra time on my hands. And I 
always loved volunteer, very involved in our church. And I was involved in my kids' schools. But as they were getting older, there really wasn't um, too much to volunteer anymore. Or as they were getting older, they really didn't want mom around school so much. So I was really just looking for somewhere to get involved. And um, a very good friend of mine um, asked me, have you ever thought about the Pregnancy Care Center? And I said, "Um, I don't know. Well, what do they do? So I just showed up and um, started volunteering there and I just fell in love with it. And I volunteered for about two, two and a half years. And then I was hired on as an office administrator. And I did that for about five years. And then uh, they hired me as the executive director. And I've been the executive director about three years now. You keep calling it a ministry. Is the Pregnancy Care Center still connected to the First Baptist Church of Plant City? No, we are on our own now. We have our own 501c3. And um, I mean, it is a ministry. Um, mm-hmm. um, we, you know, are faith-based and um, we do share the gospel of Jesus Christ, um, you know, to anyone um, who's willing to open their heart and, and receive that. A question I posed to the ladies last week, how would you define pro-life? Well, that's just embracing um, life. And, and I like to say, too, we're not just pro-life, we're pro-abundant life um, because we are there from, you know, the minute she finds out. Um, supporting her through this, but also, again, it being a ministry, we're sharing the gospel of Jesus and the hope um, of Jesus Christ. So um, that's a very important part of it. But but pro-life means embracing life, um, life at conception um, and 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 loving these women and men as well. Um, being pro, I mean, we're definitely for life um, and everything mm-hmm. about life. A comment that was made last week was pro-life being more pro-pregnancy or pro-birth. Do you think of it that way? No, I, I think of it differently because when when the woman comes to our sender, the, our client, um, mm-hmm. she's our client. Um, so she is the one that we're focusing on, not the baby. Of course, yes, we want her to choose life, um, but we're there to support her. Um, and we're supporting life-affirming decisions at the end of the day, it is her decision, but we're there to um, educate her um, and empower her to choose life, um, to choose the best for her and her baby, um, to be pro-family. Um, so we want to educate her to um, help her to make the best decision. Um, we don't refer for abortions. Of course, we don't perform abortions. Um However, I will say if she does walk out the door and she chooses abortion um, and then comes back later, you know, regretting that decision, we will still love her and we will still support her and we will try to help her, you know, any way we can. How would you define pro-choice? Well, from from just what you hear out there, it's more, I think, people... I think maybe they're just a little confused. Um, Number one, just from what we see is I don't think a a lot of people really understand what abortion is. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think it's more concerned of, you know, their rights, a woman's right. And I mean, I'm saying that and I'm a woman and it's not that we're taking rights away from anyone um, because, yes, at the end of the day, she has a right to do what she wants to do, I guess. But um, but we want to, um, well, back to the question, what is pro-choice? And, and I think that's mm-hmm. what it is. That's more just concentrated on somebody having their rights. As that's how okay. I see it. 
Would you say that pro-choice is related to pro-abortion? I don't know that anyone will just say I'm pro-abortion. At the end of the day, I mean, I think even when people are say they want to have an abortion, I think it's out of fear. Um, They feel like they don't have any other choice or no, it's not um, talked about actually what choices they have. It seems like the only choice you hear about mostly is abortion. And so I think um, a lot of people are just scared. You know, they, they, um, have this decision here and they feel like their back is against the wall and they don't know what to do. And that's the only thing that they can think of to do right then. So would you say the pregnancy care center is a pro-life center? Oh yes. Yes. What makes the pregnancy care center a pro-life center? So again, we support life affirming decisions. So if um, the woman chooses to carry that baby, to have the baby, then we offer parenting classes and she comes um, once a week. Everything we offer, first of all, is for free. So we don't profit off of any decision that she makes. Um, But um, we have parenting education classes. So she comes once a week for free. Um, She gets education on throughout pregnancy and until the baby turns a year old. Um, So she's getting the education so she can be the best mom that she can be. Um, She's getting that one-on-one support, you know, that client advocate that's going to be with her and walk with her through this journey throughout her pregnancy and throughout that baby's first year of life. Um, We also, like I said, are there for the fathers, for the families. Um, And then by doing the classes, she earns baby bucks. And with those baby bucks, she gets to shop in our boutique. Um, for brand new items for the baby, anything from diapers and wipes to clothes, car seats, strollers, cribs, anything a baby could need that first year of life. So she's getting that relational support. Um, She's getting material assistance. So if it's a financial need, you know, she don't have to buy anything for the baby. I mean, that's provided. Um, And then that family unit, you know, we're we're counseling and working um, with the father of the baby, too, to so he can be an involved father. And, and um, then we also offer Bible study classes um, if they want to, to, to do that. And the goal with that is to connect them with a local church. So after she leaves our center, after that baby turns a year old, she has another extended family um, that can continue to walk with her through this journey for the next 18, 20 years with this child. Do you have any education that's focused on uh, pregnancy prevention? Yes. Yeah, so we have partnered with Impact, um, which is an organization that um, teaches sexual risk avoidance. Um, and so they um, go to churches and talk to youth groups. They can go through um, schools. It's been hard now with COVID and, and school being virtual. Um, but some um, clubs, they have an um, Impact clubs through the school so they can go in and, and talk to them. And then now we have a, um, one of our staff members who has gone through the training. And so she's going to be a representative as well. So she will go in under the umbrella of Impact but also at the same time representing Pregnancy Care Center of Plant City. So she's developing that relationship already with these students. That way, um, you know, we're, we're giving them that education. But if there is a um, crisis pregnancy, then we will have that relationship with them to know that they can come to us. Um, you know, there's no judgment. There's everything's confidential. Um, but we already have established that relationship with them there. Is impact more abstinence focused? 
It's only abstinence. So would you say that the Pregnancy Care Center advocates abstinence-only pregnancy prevention? Yes, we are abstinence-only. How do you counsel women that come to the Pregnancy Care Center looking for contraception? Well, I mean, if she's married, um, then we would Mm -hmm. refer her to, you know, her doctor or, you know, um, talk about family planning uh, with her doctor. But if she's single, I mean, we do do talk about um, abstinence or sexual risk avoidance because, Um, I know, you know, we've had people tell us before, well, why don't you just, you know, give out birth control pills or whatever to to keep that. But but that doesn't solve the problem. Um, And, you know, it's really a a heart issue um, is the main thing. And um, birth control doesn't prevent, you know, STDs or, you know, um, it doesn't prevent, you know, their heart being broken when there's a relationship, you know, issue there. So. there's more to it than just, you know, giving them some preventative um, medication that may or may not even work, you know. Um, so a lot of our clients that come to us say I was using, you know, birth control and they still became pregnant. How often do you see women who have become uh, unexpectedly pregnant after using birth control? I think last year, um, I think the statistic was like 18 or 18%, 20%, something like that. Um, clients that said that they were using um, birth control and, and when they got pregnant. How do you steer the conversation to abstinence or sexual risk avoidance? Um, well, one thing, I mean, I, what I would tell my own daughter, you know, mm-hmm. um, is this relationship. I mean, I mean, time and time again, you know, you see girls, they come in and, um, how many single parent um, or single moms are out there? You know, I mean, she they're together and for a few months and then she gets pregnant and then, you know, he's gone. Um, so, I mean, I just it's a it's a heart condition, too. So, you know, just what I would tell my daughter, um, you know, if if you're you're worth if he really loves you and, and, and thinks you're worth it then he's going to wait. He's not going to pressure you. And if he is, then maybe he's not the right person for you or, you know, he's not the one. Um, And then, of course, you know, the education for sexually transmitted infections and diseases, you know, I mean, we have literature, you know, that we can show them the statistics on that. Um, I mean, that's a real life opener because they don't they don't think about that. Um, And and that's the birth control is not going to protect you from diseases, you know, and a lot of those, um, you don't even know you have, you have one, you know, and you're spreading it around or, so that's, that's quite eye opening for a lot of them. I know the bulk of your ministry is unexpected or unwanted pregnancy. What steps do you take a woman through if she comes to the pregnancy care center with an unwanted pregnancy? Well, we talk about all three options. Of course, there's um, parenting, there's adoption, and then there's abortion. Um, And we do give facts um, on all three options. Um, We, um, you know, knowledge is power. And Mm -hmm. um, so we, we actually have an app. It's called Before You Decide. And it's it's really great. It's kind of like an animated um, app there and, and it goes through each option. And then it talks about when it gets to abortion, it talks about, you know, the different procedures based on how, how far along you are, um, what procedures. And like I said, that is really a lot of people just don't understand what abortion is. 
Um, and then, you know, when they see that, they think, oh, no, I don't want to do that. I didn't understand that. I didn't know that's what it was about. Um, but adoption is a parenting option, too. That's a loving option. And, and adoption today is not what it was like, you know, 50 years ago. I mean, there's even choices with adoption. So um, there's just a lot of information that um, people just aren't aware of. I mean, I mean, I had two kids. And then when I started volunteering, I learned things that I didn't even know. I would never thought about, you know. And so I think that's just it. Where It's just the education part of it. Um, right. making sure people are aware. Where do you see the lack of education and what are some things you learned? Right. Well, I mean, just for instance, an adoption, you know, I mean, I knew like when I was younger, you know, people that I knew through a, um, had been adoption, but, um, you know, it had this stigma to it, you know, that, um, mm. but now, I mean, they have open adoptions, you know, you can pick the family, you can have, you can be involved in that child's life still, you know, as, um, as they're growing up. Um, those are the kind of things I didn't realize that, 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 that was an option. Um, and, you know, just with the abortion, of course, I, I didn't know all what was involved in abortion, um, you know, even with the abortion pill. And so, um, just a lot of information like that, that, um, that I had no idea. And it's, yeah, it's just educating, um, and I don't know, you know, it's not something that they could do in schools, but definitely pregnancy care centers. Um, we have information like that that we can help people with. Do you find that the lapse in information are these education points you provide regarding adoption and abortion? Yes. And what what surprises me all the time is if uh, you have a woman that, you know, is thinking that she wants to have an abortion and then we'll explain, you know, adoption and then she'll most always say, oh, I could never give my baby away. And that just doesn't make sense to me that, you know, you can end a baby's life through abortion, but yet you can't, you know, make an adoption plan and give the baby life, you know, um, to another family. And, and that's just the thinking that, you know, I don't know when someone's scared or panicked or, in a crisis situation that I feel like, mm. you know, they, um, they just maybe don't think about things like that rationally, right. I guess I would say. Do you think the issue is giving the baby away or carrying the baby for X amount of months? Um, I don't, I don't know because that's the answer they give is I could never give my baby away. Um, right. they, they never say anything about, you know, nine months, um, but but that's um, the one thing I do like to bring up. It's, mm-hmm. you know, people feel like they um, are pressured into making a decision right away. And they think, right. you know, I have to have an abortion right now. And the one thing we try to do is just slow the conversation down and let them know, you know, you don't have to make this decision today. Um, give yourself some time and think about it. You know, after whatever we've talked about today, all the options go home. And really think about it for a few days, because, you know, is this whatever decision you make today is a decision that you're going to have to live with for the rest of your life, you know, Mm -hmm. and whatever your circumstance is today that makes you feel like you cannot carry this baby. Is that situation going to be different next week or next month or next year, you know? Um, And so that's the main thing is just slow down and and just take some time to really process this. and. And we're not here to um, 
make that decision for her, but we're there to walk her through that and really open her eyes and let her see, you know, you do have choices, you do have options. And let's just, you know, listen, listen to her, what she's saying, empathize with her and then show her that compassion and, and, and hope there is hope. And, and we can be here, you know, with you through this whole process. What do you find are the most challenging factors for women, uh, financial burden or some other aspect of pregnancy and having a child? Yeah. So financials is one of the um, biggest reasons that women give for having abortion. Um, another big factor um, is um, the father of the baby. Um, mm-hmm. And so what that's why we hired a male advocate to work with the dads, because what what we are finding um, or what I found when I first came there is, um, you know, if, if she came and, and, and counseled, she had abortion on her mind, but she came in. And then after talking to someone, she said, OK, yeah, I think I can do this. I'm going to parent. And if she walks out the door and then her boyfriend says, you know, if you have this baby, I'm going to leave you. Mm-hmm. Then she's probably going to have an abortion because she's even though they may not stay together in their relationship. And that's another thing, you know, that we um, have found as well. But but it's just a kind of a cycle, you know, that she doesn't want to be a single parent. And so, you know, whatever he is um, pressuring her to do, um, and that's that's what she's probably going to do. And, and then, yeah, financial is a big one. What is the biggest factor for men that come into the pregnancy care center that leads them to want their significant other to have an abortion? Well, most of the time they just say, um, I'll support whatever she says, you know, and Mm. in their mind, they're thinking that's the right thing to say. That's the right thing to do. So what we were trying to educate him to say, you need to use your voice and let her know that you're going to be there and support her because really that's what she wants to hear. Um, Mm -hmm. If you're just saying, I'm going to support whatever decision you make, that's really a kind of a passive approach, even though it sounds like, um, you know, he's, he's going to be there for her, but that doesn't mean I'm going to be there for you. That just means if that's what you want to do, then okay, you do that. But that's not saying I'm going to be here and support you. I'm going to walk with you through this. I'm going to stay here and I'm going to be the dad. It just says, you know, whatever you want to do, that's fine. And we're trying to teach him that, you know, stand up and, and be there. Even if it's not, um, even if their relationship, you know, is not going to work out, he's still that baby's father and he can still be an involved father. And that's important as well. You spoke a bit about the three educational paths the Pregnancy Care Center provides, um, parenting, adoption, and abortion. What kind of educational pieces do you give for mothers for parenting? Yeah, so like for the moms, um, and and I want to say too on our parenting classes, they can do the classes together or they can do them separate. We have a whole fatherhood, you know, track that he can do while she's doing. But it starts out with the, you know, prenatal. So at at the beginning, the first trimester, you know, what's um, taking care of herself, helping her through morning sickness. Um, In the um, second trimester, it may be... um, you know, eating for two, making sure you're eating nutritious meals, um, you know, by the third trimester, you know, getting ready for labor and delivery, um, talking about maybe if she's going to be breastfeeding or, um, you know, what to pack when you go to the hospital, things like that, what to what to look for, when to call the doctor, you know, if there's a problem. But 
We even have um, lessons on like finances, budgeting, um, how to interview for a job, um, different things like that that can that can help them. So it's not even just um, parenting education; it's practical education too. Speaking of financial education, do you help them apply for assistance programs? Well, at the very beginning, when she finds out she's pregnant, if she does not have insurance, um, then we do try to get her um, medical assistance through Medicaid because it's important that she sees a doctor and begins getting her prenatal care with a doctor right away. And then we also want once that baby is born, um, that the baby's getting their checkups um, like they should be, um, because we want to make sure she carries the baby to term. You know, she's taking care of herself. The baby's carried to term, um, that the baby's a healthy weight, um, you know, that she's taking care of herself through it all, too. So there is assistance to help her. Um, we don't ourselves do it. We have resources that we can send her to that um, that help her get um, connected with, with Medicaid or whatever other resources that she may have. Is there a reason you connect mothers to someone else to assist them with signing up for these programs instead of the Pregnancy Care Center? Well, I mean – we do a lot of things, but we can't do everything. And so we right. have to try to be excellent at what what the main thing, keep the main thing, the main thing. So, yeah, with the access department, they have connections that they can get her signed up and, and different things quickly. I mean, it's not like she's logging on and trying to apply for Medicaid online. This is a someone we are personally connecting her to that says, yes, I can get that taken care of much faster. And, and they do. And so, yes, that's what we do. We network with other resources. We do what we do and s- send them to this resource to help with what they do the best. Touching on adoption, what kind of education do you provide regarding adoption? Yeah. So, um, like I said, there's, there's different types of adoption. There's, um, what's called open adoption where she, um, can pick out. And let me say too, we, we are not an adoption agency, so we can connect her um, with adoption agencies. Um, And so, um, but she can, um, a lot of times they'll come with like photo albums that families have, you know, uh, who are wanting to adopt. Um, So Mm -hmm. they'll come with um, albums and she can pick out the family that she um, chooses. And then so with an open adoption, um, she can write letters back and forth, um, make phone calls, um, maybe attend birthday parties, you know, with her a child as they're going up. I mean, as 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 comfortable as she and the adoptive parents want that to be, that's an open adoption. Um, and then they have a partially open adoption. And that's where she can she could still pick out the family. Um, and she can still send letters, but it normally goes through the attorney or the adoption agency um, back and forth with the parents. Um, and then closed adoption is where she um, doesn't know the family, um, doesn't know where they live, doesn't know anything about them. Um, and they don't know anything about her other than they may get like medical records, um, you know, as uh, to know for the, for the child. How specifically do you educate regarding abortion? Yeah, well, as far as the education piece, that just like I said, we talk about there's um, depending on how far along you are in your in your pregnancy is the, what type of um, abortion that that they would 
perform. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then we just talk about um, potential risk factors, you know, um, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Um, you know, we want to talk about all of that. You mentioned earlier women coming to the pregnancy care center who have already had an abortion. What kind of resources do you provide these women? Yeah, so we do have an abortion recovery um, program. And so um, we actually have um, one of our volunteers who had experienced an abortion early in her life. And so she's been through it. Um, and so she can meet one-on-one with these women and it's actually a, um, a, like a Bible study. Um, it's called okay. save one and I believe it's eight weeks long, but they can meet, they meet one-on-one it's confidential, um, you know, very safe and it just the healing that she can go through, um, emotionally, um, spiritually healing and just know that, um, she can be forgiven, you know, God. Uh, abortion is not an unforgivable sin, you know, and, and mm. some people want to look at it that way and, and, um, and, and no, she can be forgiven and, and set free from that um, trauma that she may be experiencing from that, you know, and we will love her and help her through that. Um, it doesn't happen a lot. I mean, a lot of people who have come back and said, um, you know, if, if they have had an abortion and will offer that and nine times out of 10, to be honest with you, They'll mm-hmm. say, no, I'm fine. I don't, I don't need that. Um, we, we have another volunteer. He said it was 40 years before he ever told anyone um, that he had been part of an abortion with his you know, wife at that time. Why do you think women deny the abortion recovery program? Um, I think maybe, I think maybe they just don't want to deal with it. You know, they just suppress mm-hmm. it. Um, and they don't want to talk about it because those feelings are going to come back up or, may, or maybe the guilt that they may be experiencing or the shame. Um, and they don't they don't want to deal with it. Um, when, you know, if anyone comes to volunteer at our center or even on staff and if they've had a previous abortion, um, we do require them to go through the post-abortion recovery before they begin volunteering, because well, you just don't know when you're counseling with someone what what may trigger, you know, an emotion or anything. And so um, when they do that, there's resistance from them as well, you know, because they'll say, oh, no, I'm, I'm fine. I has been years ago and I'm fine. And I'll say, well, that's OK, but we still it's our policy. You know, we ask you to do that. And usually in about week six or seven, they'll come back and say, I'm so glad that um, I thought I was OK but I'm so glad because I didn't realize I hadn't let go of this or I hadn't forgiven mm. myself for this. Mm. And, um, it's just, it, it's a very freeing and, um, and forgiving. What would you tell the women who are resistant to the recovery program? Yeah. I mean, I would say, you know, don't, don't let that stop you. I mean, you can be forgiven. You can be set free. Um, because the, the people who are doing this study, I mean, they've been through it. They've walked in your shoes, you know, and they can relate. It's not someone, um, I've never had an abortion, so I can't relate Mm -hmm. to someone, you know? Um, but the people who are, are, um, facilitating this class, they have been there and, and they can, can, they know exactly how you're feeling and they can tell you, you know, I've come out on the other side and this, this is, you know, this is what happened to me. This is my experience, you know, and 
Um, again, like I said, it's completely confidential. There's no judgment um, at all. Um, you know, we, we're here to help. And, and that's one of the ways that I, I, I think we can help people. Have you ever had anyone come to the pregnancy care center looking to adopt children? Yeah, all the time. We get letters all the time and people come in. But um, unfortunately, we we can't get involved in that. We um, mm-hmm. because we don't ever want to give the appearance that we're talking girls into making an adoption plan for someone else. Um, so, you know, we we can't help anyone that's looking to adopt a child. What kind of activism does the Pregnancy Care Center participate in? I saw some photos of your March for Life. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so it's not it's not like a, a march, um, like a protest march or anything like this. So it's a, more of an awareness, Walk for Life. Um, and at the same time, it's a fundraiser. That's one of our fundraisers we do. So, um, yeah, we do that once a year. Um, this year we had to do it virtually. Um, mm-hmm. But the good thing about that is people could walk wherever and whenever they wanted to. Um, but basically that's what it is. It's just an awareness, um, of our services, what we do, that we're here, um, and people that rally around and, you know, support this cause as well. Uh, we meet and we walk, um, through around Plant City, around our office. It's about two miles and, um, and it's great. It's a fun time. How much have you raised from the March for Life? Yeah, well, this past year, um, our goal was to raise $35,000, and uh, we were around $32,000, which I thought was great for a virtual event. Um, I thought, you know, I thought that was was pretty good. Um, But it's more of like a peer-to-peer fundraising for the walk, you know, so people sign Mm -hmm. up, and then they get people to sponsor them um, to walk. And then we usually give a prize for who raises the most money, so it's a little competition. Um, as well. And, um, but like I said, it's just, it's a lot of fun. I kind of, in person. (laughs) What does that funding go toward for those interested in donating? Well, again, like I said, we, we don't charge for our services. So we are Mm -hmm. completely funded by, you know, um, individual donors, businesses, churches, um, and we apply for grants. Um, so that's how we get our funded. And so of course that, you know, we, we have a building that we have to have electricity and water and um, we have staff um, that, that we uh, pay. We um, Most of the stuff for the boutique gets donated, but sometimes we, we buy things for the boutique as well. Um, you know, just normal business expenses that, that you have um, that you have to raise money to, to spend the money for. <laughs> Is the goals you set only for partial funding or yearly funding? Oh, I wish that got us through the whole year, but no, we are <laughs> other. Um, our two main fundraisers um, is our Walk for Life, and then in the fall we do a banquet. So uh, we actually in November we have um, our. It's called Celebrate a Life Banquet. Um, it's going to be virtual again um, for this one, but we are also trying to raise funds to buy a mobile medical unit. And I'm pretty excited about this. Um, This will expand our ministry beyond our walls. And we can go out into communities um, and reach people who can't get to our center, either because of maybe lack of transportation um, or maybe they just don't know about us. You know, they haven't heard of us um, or don't know what we do. 
um, so we can go to them. Um, or and, and on that mobile medical unit, we'll be able to um, do ultrasounds um, and free pregnancy tests, STI testing as well. Um, but we can meet them where they're at and even go outside of Plant City, you know, if, if we need to go to some surrounding communities. And so um, I'm really excited about that. But at the same time, so we have to raise funds <laughs> by this mobile medical unit. Um, so for our virtual banquet, um, that's what our focus is to raise funds for that as well as, you know, our operating budget is as well. Some other mm-hmm. fundraisers that we normally do had to be canceled this this year because of mm-hmm. uh, the pandemic. So um, we just are trying to make up where where we can. How much is the mobile medical unit going to cost? So, yeah, it's about one hundred and eighty thousand dollars. Okay. Right now we have a $60,000 matching grant. So that's pretty exciting to go um, to that. And, and that, so that's just to buy it. And then you'll have operating expenses, um, of course, going into the next year after we purchase it. But yeah, $180,000 to buy it. Is that $180,000 um, the goal for the banquet or is the goal enough to activate the match? Um, well, um, the goal is to raise funds for the whole thing. Um, they, mm-hmm. they don't even start pr- production on it until we have the down payment. So we have to come up with $50,000 down payment. Um, mm-hmm. But I would love to raise the full amount and then we don't have to worry about, you know, payments from there on out. It's just paid in full. With the banquet being virtual, is there a cap for attendance? Right. Yeah. The great thing about it is, um, yeah, you don't have that cap. You can reach as many people as possible. And we're doing something a little different this year, too. Even though it's a virtual banquet, um, we're still going to have a dinner to go. So Carabas is going to be making to-go meals. So people for um, $50, you can buy a ticket for $50, and that will include a to-go meal from Carabas. So we're going to have a drive-through from 5 to 7. You can pick up your Carabas meal. We're going to have a, um, a mobile medical unit um, where people can come and tour that. Um, it, it's not ours, but it's one we're getting to borrow. So people can okay. come by and, and kind of take a look and see, you know, what actually it looks like inside. Um, and then 7.30, be home and, and watch our premiere um, for the virtual banquet. How can people get connected to your fundraisers? Yeah, so to register um, for the fundraiser, they can just go to our website, um, plantcitypregnancycenter.org slash events, and you can register there. Um, but yeah, you can follow us on Facebook. We put updates there. Um, and then our, our website to get any information about us is plantcitypregnancycenter.org. So going back to activism, does the Pregnancy Care Center do any political activism? Yeah. So yeah, I let the people who are pros at that, let them, um, you know, take care of that. The main thing, I just encouraging people to vote, register and mm-hmm. vote, um, and vote your morals. Um, so, you know, the more people that we, that are in the legislation that are pro-life, then, um, you know, they're going to be making decisions that way. But one thing I would, I I would like to bring up, you know, Mm -hmm. we would love for, uh, abortion to go away. You know, I would love for that to be a law to go away, but even if that went away today, 
it's not going to stop unplanned pregnancies. You know, people mm-hmm. are still going to continue to have an unplanned pregnancy um, and they're going to need support regardless, you know, if, if uh, abortion is available or not, they still need support. And that's the main thing. That's the bottom line. That's what we're here for is to support women and men, um, families who are expecting an a, a un, unexpected pregnancy um, mm-hmm. to help them, you know, whatever they need. Is the Pregnancy Care Center connected to other community pregnancy care centers? Yeah, we're all we're all connected with each other. I mean, we all do things a little bit differently. You know, we all may not provide the same um, services, um, mm-hmm. but we all are connected. So, yeah, if we happen to have someone that called to make an appointment and she lived in Lakeland, you know, we would say, hey, you know, there's a pregnancy center in Lakeland that might be closer for you if you'd rather go there. Um, mm-hmm. Whatever's most convenient, you know, but we've actually had people that have come from Tampa or Brandon or Lakeland and they say, no, I like your center or maybe, um, no, I work over there. And so that's more convenient for me to go there. But uh, but yeah, we're we're all friends and connected with each other. So if uh, the Pregnancy Care Center in Plant City, um, if they don't provide a service, uh, you'll put them into contact with another Pregnancy Care Center in the area? Yeah, absolutely. And, and they would do the same. You know, we've had some before, like maybe their um, ultrasound tech is going to be out for a month and they'll say, hey, can we send a client to you to, you know, do an ultrasound? And, and mm-hmm. absolutely. So when did you start providing ultrasounds? Um, I think originally um, the first ultrasound machine they got was in 2005. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, over the years we've been up, upgraded, um, you know, to better ultrasound machines because usually the life of an ultrasound machine is maybe five or six years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, we've been very fortunate that um, in 2012, Knights of Columbus, um, we were able to get an ultrasound through them, and um, a lot that's been very helpful. You know that they're very expensive machines, right. <laughs> so we've 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 been blessed that way. How has ultrasound been beneficial to your ministry? Yeah, I think the st- statistics are like eighty percent of women um, will choose life after they've um, seen an ultrasound. Um, I've personally been in the room um, with a client, you know, that was abortion minded. And when she had the ultrasound, um, she just had tears. And she said, that's a that's a game changer. And because she had no idea, you know, and she saw that baby on there um, and you see that heartbeat and that baby's moving around and um, they see there's that is life. There is a baby in there. How many abortions has the pregnancy care center prevented? It's, it's that's hard to say because you know a lot people if they come in for a pregnancy test or they come in for an ultrasound and they're abortion minded and then um, they never come back or if we try to follow up with them and they don't answer anything um, you know normally a client's not going to call back and say yeah I had an abortion I'm not coming back you know right. they're they're not going to say that so sometimes we can suspect um, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I, I really don't have a number that I can that I could throw out there. How far do you go to prevent an abortion? Yeah, well, so if you know, we've counseled with her, and she, you know, comes, 
we'll do the ultrasound. Um, if she's still undecided when, you know, she leaves, I mean, our nurse, um, she stays in contact with her, you know, she, before the client leaves, she'll say, can I call and check on you in a couple of days, you know, and normally they'll say yes. And, um, she'll call and if they don't answer the phone, she'll leave a message or she will text them, you know, um, whatever that client will allow us to be involved, then we'll be involved. We, we say our service is permission-based. We give permission-based care. So if they don't want it, we're, we're not going to, like you said, we're not going to harass them or hound them for it. We want them to know we're here. In your opinion, what can Christians do to help prevent abortions? In churches in particular, you know, you don't hear abortion talked about a lot um, in churches. Um, it's like that secret sin that no one wants to mention. And I think sometimes by not talking about it, it makes women feel more condemned, um, even if they've had one in their past. Um, um, it's hard enough, um, and I'm just using a church setting here, but it's hard enough in a church setting if it has an unplanned pregnancy. I mean, you know, that's not something, you know, she wants to go out and, you know, shout from the pulpit. You know, when you're validating her feelings, you're not saying I agree with you or I think that's a good idea. You're saying I, I can I, you know, I can understand how you feel that way. However, let's talk about this or let's look at this picture here. You know, we're going to be here to support you through this. We're going to help you with this. Um, instead of just shaming her, you know, and, and saying you made that mistake. So, you know, we, we have to cast you away now. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the main thing is just just loving them and, and giving them support and, um, you know, letting them know you're going to you're going to be here. And um, and, yeah, just just talking about it more, um, I mm-hmm. think, will be will help people. Just more compassion, really. Yeah. Do you feel that picketing abortion clinics is helpful? If if people want to go out and and pray, you know, or offer help, I think that's that's perfectly fine. Um, But picketing, that's just another one of those uh, um, shaming um, tactics, Mm -hmm. I feel like. And no, I don't I don't think that's helpful at all. Sandy, do you have anything to plug or close with? Please make sure, you know, uh, join us for our virtual banquet. Um, it's free to watch the, the premiere. Um, but if you want a delicious meal from Carabas, um, you know, register online and get a ticket. But um, I was just going to say to you and your wife, too, you know, um, I can't wait to hear about, you know, when you have that baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty exciting. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. We've been prayed over so many times and. Uh, uh, adoption has always been on the front of our mind, but we just need, uh, again, we just need more information on that as well. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, for me, for me, that's one of the, an education point that I'm like, man, I just wish there was more information about adoption out there. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Sandy, thank you so much for being on. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode of MattNews.biz and this discussion with Sandy Nelson. Please check out the Plant City Pregnancy Care Center at PlantCityPregnancyCareCenter.org. You can rewatch this stream on my YouTube page. Uh, the link is in my bio on Facebook, MattNews.biz. That's www.MattNews.biz. Or you can listen to the podcast, which is available on Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. I hope to see you next time as we explore more Matt News.